This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1569, Comic Talk! I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Chris Eberly. And I'm Danny O'Brien. And welcome to the show. Uh, once again, this is our generic comic talk episode. We're going to go all around the place, all kinds of topics. But first, before we get too far ahead, let us introduce officially... Joining the cast as a uh, member, uh, Ms. Danielle O'Brien. Danny, welcome to the show officially now. Woo! <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> speech, speech. No, 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 no speech. Well, um, all I'll say is, having oh, known Danielle no. since she was 19 <laughs> years old, that her vast, oh reading, and, her her vast reading and retail experience make her an ideal uh, new cast member to the show. So we're thrilled to have her. I've known so. you since I was 19. Oh, yes, my dear. Six, that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't say it. Don't say it. Almost. It's marvelous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Terrific. Just uh, but, know that we all enthusiastically, if tacitly, agree with the sentiment this is just. So, of course, you know, we've known Danny for a while through Chris, a while pick comics, but, you know, she's been on the show many times, both on the phone and in studio. Uh, hell, I've, I've crashed at her place. Yeah. She's crafted us a con, so she's part of the family anyway. So now we're just <laughs> making it. She, she's seen things she probably would when rather you, forget. When, when we piled like five into a room in, at the Denver Comic Con, you know, you there you go. It's officially yeah. like a... Yeah, your family then. Uh, hazing, uh, not hazing, initiation, I would say. Whatever. It's a hazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that, now we got that on, on the board. Let's go to our next matter of business. This episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by SuperheroStuff.com. We can go to for all of your superhero stuff. We're kind of of okay. I was trying to get back to the shot of them to see them do it. Danny, where were you? But, uh, yeah, superhero stuff you can go to for all of your your geek-related items. Uh, They've got T-shirts, hats, hoodies, PJs and undies, belts, all kinds of accessories, home office. They've got a lot of Ant-Man stuff right now because of yeah. the Ant-Man movie right Ant-Man. now. Ant-Man, working up the Ant-Man. Right. They, they always have some sort of coupon code, whether it's a discount off of uh, your order or sh- free shipping offers. So check out their site early and often. So, you know, subscribe to their newsletter because they'll always send you out yeah. what Coupons. current deals they have yeah. going on. Coupon codes, because if I give it out now, maybe in, they may change it by the time we hit right. the airwaves. So, it also got Hero Box, where you can get all kinds of uh, hero things together yeah, as a bundle. New. That's something that started yeah. not too far along, not too long ago. Um, all kinds of promotions, like I mentioned. So, check them out. Superherostuff.com. You can go to for all of your superhero stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Couple of things I want to talk about real quickly um, before we get into much things. Of course, con season is in full swing, and this past weekend, 
Uh, I made it to the with the, the Garden State um, Comic Fest uh, up in I think it was at uh, where was I? Was that Morristown? Morristown. Morristown. Yep. Morristown. I don't even know where the hell I was. I just <laughs> it's good they know. I, I, I Morristown. Took, I said Google Maps take me there. It was how um, at the Menin Sports Arena. It was a uh, you know a, a smallish show, but uh, they had a pretty pretty good attendance. A lot of cosplay there. Yeah. A lot of creators there. They had Adam Kubert there a little bit on Saturday. Uh, of course, I saw Buzz. Buzz was there. Um, oh, Ethan Van Skyver was oh, there. Nice. Sean Chen. Uh, what's the uh, the um, kind of drawing a blank here? But Chris Chris Batista was there. Scott Hanna, uh, Tom Rainey, Jim Calafiore, um, Mike McCone, Joe Staten was there. Actually, I got Joe Staten murdered to sign. Uh, our bound edition of Who's ah, Who. Excellent. So I got him to sign that because, as like we mentioned before, we have a bound edition of uh, the the '85 version of Who's yeah. Who, right? Where we actually were lapsed for quite a while. We're getting people to uh, sign the book we worked on. We're going to conventions, sure. and I don't know how we missed Joe Stings. He was a super show a couple of years ago, but so I got him to sign that. So that uh, is ch- checked off of the list. And when you go to Comic-Con coming up uh, next month, uh, you'll be getting a few more, correct? Yes, you're actually getting ahead of the game there, but that's okay. No, sorry, it's a foreshadowing. <laughs> it's foreshadowing. Um, and I didn't realize until I went to the con that actually it was my first con of July and just got in under the gun. Because <laughs> I, I was a show in February, March, April, May, June. and Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Well, February, I count uh, Gallifrey 1 as a convention. Well, sure. Mm. It's a convention. Right. So... Um, and it was it was in the sports arena, so I guess it was like a skating arena for I think like roller skating or maybe or maybe ice roller derby. I'm, I'm not sure. So they actually they had the whole floor, you know, as as the con. You could actually sit up in the seats nice. and just like look down on things. And they had folks around the perimeter. Um, I guess it was pretty well attended. A little pricey for 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 a con. I think it was like a twenty dollar mission at the door. I bought my ticket at Adventure fifteen. Combination of comics and artists and stuff like a regular, just smaller yeah. con? Uh, they had probably around a dozen or so back-issue dealers, uh, a couple other people selling, you know, toys and videos, and they had you know, they pretty good uh, selection of creators were yeah. there. Yeah, they did. Um, oh, I forgot, Neil Adams was there, of course. Oh, wow. So, like, yeah, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of big names were there. Um, and I, I did a little shopping, and I, I broke down, uh, I think we had mentioned that I was trying to find that one issue of Alias, yeah, issue twenty-four that featured like the Purple Man's um, reimagining by Bendis. I broke down and bought it because it was the last issue I needed for uh, the run, and because he's going to be portrayed in the upcoming Jessica Jones series, yeah, it commands a pretty penny. I think I paid like eleven dollars for it. A little more, yeah, a little more than I wanted to pay for it, <laughs> but I couldn't find it anywhere else. And it's like, shit, do I buy the trade? It's like, let me just buy the freaking issue. <laughs> so there was some good shopping to be had because I got that. I also bought. Uh, I didn't have it. Uh, Daredevil 181. Oh, jeez. Fancy, well done. Got a copy of that. Now, getting issue 168 probably should be my next priority. First lecture before that goes through the roof even more. Pants, yeah. I may yeah. have a copy of that in the store. If I do, do you want me to set it aside for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, okay. trying to find it at a con the next few months might be a little, little yeah. pricey. I'm sure we'll work them out there. I'll Chris. check tomorrow. I'll let you know. <laughs> Very good. I you know it's just something I picked up also uh, like a Daredevil issue eleven, in the first run. Nice. Uh, a couple of ten cent DCs, uh, Adventure Comics two seventy eight, an Action Comics two eighty, 
uh, World's Finest 110, and um, Zap Comics, which is another New Jersey show, uh, New Jersey um, comic store, always has great back issues. They had a huge bunch of $2 back issues. Got some cool stuff. Got the issues I needed of the Secret Six first series to complete my run, issues three and seven, for wow. two bucks a piece. A couple of Lois Lanes, a couple of Tales from the Unexpected. So I spent about four hours at the show there. It was about an hour and 45 minute drive. But, you know, a nice little show. Uh, I'm sorry you, you couldn't make it there, uh, Chris, hoping to catch up with you, but uh, I know you had your family with you. And Well, I was planning on going, but. I had both my sons with me. Once I heard it was $20 a piece to get in, yeah. I couldn't justify a $60 admission for that a local show. Pricey. Plus, a lot, a lot of the dealers there, I, I could probably see it my friend John Paul's shows, NewJerseyComicBookShows.com. Right. And John Paul, was, was, John Paul was set up there. He was, okay. Yeah. Uh, and just a couple observations about the back issues. Of course, there was, on the wall books, you'd see a lot of Harley Quinn books from her, <laughs> for her 2000 series. But now this is the first show I've been to since the Ant-Man movie came out. A lot of Ant-Man books <laughs> on the wall. They had a lot of the, I guess, his Marvel feature appearances. The Scott Lang, his first appearance, yeah. Yeah, so, so they were up there. So, And, of course, like I mentioned, the uh, Alias books are you know kind of pricey now because of the, the TV show. So, Wait, Pants, I misspoke. I have to correct myself. I'm ashamed. So I think Scott Lang first appeared in Marvel premiere. I think Marvel features the early Hank Pym when he's running around with the sword, with the wasp, and Herb Trimpey did the art on some of those. Okay. So that's, that's my era then, actually. Yeah, it looks like looking at some of these covers, it's from like 1971 and whatever. Yeah, that's, that's Hank Pym. Okay. Yep. So Marvel feature for that. So that was my, uh, my comic this weekend. I've got some shopping in. Uh, and as, as Murd foreshadowed, uh, I'm going to the Connecticut Con in August. And that's my August con, going to in August. Uh, get some more signatures added to the, the who's who. And then after that, September 12th and 13th is RetroCon. Yes. At the Greater Philadelphia Convention Center <coughs> in Oaks, PA. Will, I will be set up. Yep. Chris will be set up with Wild Pig Comics. Yep. Amen, brother. Shane will be set up. Yep. And one of our friends, uh, Pete Calder, will be set up. He of the vast... Raised a Lost Ark type uh, collection in his house of, of toys and things. We were just over there at his place for yeah. his dinner a few yeah. weeks ago, Shane. It's nice. Oh, my God. So, But he's trying to pare his toys down. But we'll, we'll be set up at that convention. You can check Aren't out. We all? Yep. It's at retrocons.com. As I mentioned, September 12th and 13th, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, PA. It's a, it's a nice con. They, they specialize like, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Collectibles, whether it's toys, comic books, um, you know, video games. Um, uh, it was a very good show. I didn't really go too much because I didn't want to spend my money that I earned there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they've got a lot of uh, guests. Uh, Michael Bell, it looks like did the vo- voice of Duke and Prowl and G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Larry, uh-huh. Larry Kenny, who did Lion-O. Um, Doug Stone, uh, looks like he did uh, someone for Mask. Shane. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the costume contest looks like you're going to have a uh, DeLorean time machine there, a Bill and Ted time machine there. <laughs> it was it was a fun con, and I did very well selling my toys last year. I'm going to sell more of my toys this year. Chris, what do you have to sell at the show this year? I'll be springing uh, Toon Tumblers, uh, which always do well at shows. Uh, our extensive selection of uh, used uh, trades and graphic novels. 
and high, our, our growing assortment of higher-end back issues. So that's what we'll have. We're, we have two tables. That's what we'll have. Oh, very good. And Shane is breaking down and setting up Shane. What yeah. are you uh, bringing to the show? I have a <clears throat> ton of DC Universe Classics stuff that are open that used to have displayed. And I've... Uh, Put them all in their each individual Ziploc bag with the accessories. See, you're you're above me, uh, um, ahead of me as far as that stuff goes. I'm I not have at that point yet. Tubs and tubs of Star Wars figures that are still packaged, because when when stuff would go on sale, I would get it thinking the kids would get into toys. I mean, I was into all kinds of toys as a kid. They never got into them, so now I have all this stuff that I can just get rid of now because they don't have any interest at all in Star Wars toys. So I have tubs of that. Then I have. Um, I have a collection of Popeye stuff that Mezco had put out. Um, there is also some Hot Wheels stuff I've accumulated, like little individual cars. Some of the bigger ones, some of the smaller ones. Not the real big ones, but not the one thirty-second scale. One, no, maybe it is one sixty-fourth, one thirty-second. That's the one I have. Um, some GI Joe stuff from when that was the twenty-fifth anniversary. A couple two packs. There, there is a very eclectic. Okay semblance and of stuff you have two tables i have two tables right, so i've got two tables oh and a ton of sideshow star wars stuff oh, oh boy <laughs> yeah a lot of that now well pants didn't you do very well with the dealers before the show even started i i did and i'll be setting up early again this year to hopefully take advantage of that because so, so, so shane might want to do that then too because he might also do yeah shane i can't that. suggest yeah. early you know to get there as early as you can um, i'm hoping to set up friday morning well i think it's friday after they set well, up friday whatever it starts yeah um can't remember. I think Carlene is going to be along for the whole ride as well. Okay. The whole time. Partially to help me not escape and peruse <laughs> other tables. And partially just to help sell stuff. I mean. Right. Um, my brother, I think, is going to come up and help me out from uh, Virginia. Oh, nice. um, I would hope that we'd see Adam and Danny at some point over the weekend. Actually, I'm going to be on vacation. Oh. Yeah, so I was actually going to say, Pants, you better pay attention to your setup because I won't be there to rearrange it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, I came over and uh, helped with the breakdown on Sunday afternoon last year at, at RetroCon, and it was a very pleasant way to spend uh, Sunday afternoon in September, so uh, you can count on me to do the same thing again if needed. Very good. So hopefully we'll... Active. And we saw a few listeners that came by last year, and uh, so that was kind of nice. But, yeah, so we'll be set up there uh, yeah. more or less in force. We ha- I think we should be in, like, one general area. I think we're going to be. Yeah, um, I, I emailed the impression the, I got. I emailed the promoters that, hey, you might get a lot of folks wanting to be in the same area. If you can accommodate us, that'd be great. So yeah. you're a one-stop shopping. Yep. I just want to cool. emphasize to listeners that if, you're, if you love older toys, you've got to go to this show. Because oh, my goodness, the, yeah. the, the, extensive array of toys I, I just had so much fun just walking around I, I didn't even care if i made as much money because it was just so much fun to walk around that show i got some mego figures it's, it's a really great convention it's it's easy to get to and the load in it for retailers is really easy so it's, it's, it's a good nice. show overall yeah uh and then like uh, i mentioned i'll be going to connecticut con in august um actually one of the people who's going to be I'm looking forward to meeting is john wesley ship is going oh, to be there huh. nice I've actually got a photo from him, like from like twenty-five years ago. Wow! Got to get him to sign that. And uh, it's actually held at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Oh, I know right where that is. So uh, I'm playing at a poker tournament Saturday night <laughs> with some of the other people that get to convention. We'll see how well. I've been to that casino. It's nice. Yeah, we'll see how well that goes. And um, 
So and one last thing on conventions is I think just today they officially announced the dates of the London Super Comic Convention oh, for cool. 2016, which will be their fifth uh, time having the show. Again, it's going to be at the Excel Center in London, England. It will be Saturday and Sunday, February 20th and 21st. And you can go to LondonSuperComicConvention.com to learn about the convention and uh, get your tickets pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Buy early to avoid disappointment. Uh, <laughs> um, and they are running several promotions where if you are an advanced ticket holder, they will have drawings for some original art to give away. So I will be going over there again next year, as I will believe Brian Deemer. Uh, always a good time, and actually is a week after Gallifrey One in Los Angeles. <laughs> a so week. I'll, I'll, a week. I'll be going from Los Angeles to London within a week, basically. <laughs> I'm going to have two weeks of vacation I'm going to have to take next year, February. And yeah. That's not why I called. So you're hitting a convention every, every month through September. October? Well, September I'm going to the Baltimore Comic Con. I was going to ask about that. And October is the New York Comic Con. So you got to figure out November, December. There's got to no, be something going I, well, on. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> with with my uh, I know my Toys work. soul at that time of year. <laughs> yeah. Although wow. there is a Doctor Who convention in England in November, <laughs> where Peter Capaldi Peter Capaldi is going to oh. be there. But unless I quit, I won't be able to get over there. <laughs> Little tiny sidebar: Did you catch when he showed up on Conan? During San Diego, I did see that. That was yes. awesome. And he also walked the line at Hall H. Did he? Oh my God. God bless him for that. Yeah, you're not kidding. Wow. All right. Uh, uh, next? <laughs> what, what's uh, next? If, if we could, uh, uh, Daniel and I, we should probably give our views on Ant-Man because we weren't able to participate uh, in that last episode. Okay. And uh, real quick before you get started on that, sure. on, let's do the episode. Murd, I don't know if it was deliberate or not, you had an amazing alliteration. You said the following, hypothetical hindsight hand-wringing. <laughs> Tremendous! <laughs> I, I can, but huzzah! Even humble bow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that, that's not about me. That's our Adam Erdo. It's one of the many reasons why we love him. <laughs> You're too kind, Daniel. Why don't you go first? I liked it. <laughs> uh, what can I say? I I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I wasn't blown away by it in any way. I just found it was it was amusing fun. It was good. It was lighthearted. It's probably a movie I would end up watching more in the background just because it was amusing, but it didn't blow me away in any way. It was kind of, not that it was mediocre, but Winter Soldier was so good <laughs> that it's so hard to like, I don't want to judge everything against that, but it, it, it's hard to... It just seemed like the lighthearted kind of, I don't want to say throwaway movie, but kind of a throwaway movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually kind of agreeing with you there, Danny. I was okay. thinking to myself, you know, as I said in the episode the other night, I, I really liked the, the the shrinking and growing effects. It was a mm-hmm. success that way. But in between all of that, I just found myself thinking, I feel like I'm watching a forgotten, like, 90s B-picture. You know, kind of yeah. Thing that, uh, filled, it was, <laughs> yeah, like it was very... It was very tropey, is the best mm. way I can put it. Like it was, it was definitely it followed a formula. It hit all the strides, but you know, it was it was a comfort movie. I think it was mm. the, the script. It wasn't pushed in any way. It was just an average movie, and I kind of expect more from a Marvel movie at this point. But at the same time, 
I really see myself if I'm bored and it's on Netflix, it's probably going to go on in the background when I'm working on something over one of the other ones, just because it has so much humor in it. See, and I think of that as, as cl- palate cleansing between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron and then going to what's coming up with Civil War and stuff. This was the comedy cleansing palette part in the middle that just gave you a, ah, before is, all the craziness. It, yeah, it kind of is like the Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah. it just wasn't as good. But I might rate it higher than Age of Ultron. I'm not sure. I, I definitely I, did I'm that. I'm kind of back and forth on it. <laughs> But it was fun. Like, it was fun. Did you have to see it in the theater? No. You can wait till it comes out. Um, you know, Netflix video, video yeah. on demand, whatever you whatever you do. But, you know, it was good. I got to go to the movie theater. I got to pick out my seat, which was nice. I got to drink a, bo- a glass of wine. I was excited. <laughs> oh, a glass of wine? All bonuses. Ah! Oh, yeah. I don't screw around. The Fox over here applied for a liquor license, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, there's AMC dine-in theaters. Oh, I, I did do a dine-in theater when I went to go see uh, the first, the X-Men first class down at the um, Heroes Con back four years ago. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I didn't eat there, but I, I could have if I wanted to. Yeah, the nice thing is you get to choose your seats. That's yeah. correct, yeah. So yeah. you can come in, like, right when the movie starts, and your seat is automatically going to be there. Yep. And the great thing about that, I was able to foist my two sons on Bill and Danielle while I sat across the aisle, which was... Did, did. They were well-behaved, though. Of course, because you and Bill were there. Exactly. Uh, how many freaking swears would you give it, my dear? Uh, three and a half out of five? All right. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's out of five. Sorry. five, yep. My, my uh, reaction, piggybacking at what Daniel just said, and then Murd's wonderfully entertaining critique on the recording, uh, I agree with all the points both of you have made. But I still love the movie despite all of that. I think why I like this movie so much, and I really love Paul Rudd as an actor. I think he, I think he's very versatile in many ways, and I thought he was just the right uh, tone for a character like Scott Lang. And you're right; in many ways, it's a throwaway. It was a palate cleanser, is a good term, uh, you know, a lot of comedy. But I think why that they why that worked for me is because outside of comic book fans, I mean, many of the people going to the MCU movies. Don't read the book. So the average person knows nothing about Ant-Man, may not even knew Ant-Man existed before this film. And so I thought they took a concept that can very easily look really, really silly and be dismissed. And they, they packed it in a way that was charming and I think inserts him in the, in the MCU in a way that is effective. He, he's not like the, the grim and gritty end of the spectrum in terms of heroes. He's not, you know, as one of the more tormented characters, although he has somewhat of a darker backstory. And I think it puts him in a, in a very good position to both be a character with a lot of heart and also to be a lot of comic relief, which Paul Rudd is very good at. So I think all of that worked. Uh, and I lo- I'm, I'm a huge Michael Douglas fan. I thought in some ways he stole the picture uh, as Hank Pym. The opening scene with, with, with uh, Agent Carter and the older um, – Howard Stark, which John Slattery from Mad Men is tremendous. That was Roger Sterling. Yes, exactly. That's what, that was one of, the, one of the most engaging scenes in the film. Uh, I love how I love how they worked. Again, and you guys mentioned this. They they took they're establishing there's a history, like a Cold War MCU history. So Hank Pym and Janet were Wasp and Ant Man. You assume they're battling the Soviets and so forth in the Cold War, and now they're moving forward into this sort of this modern era with Scott and uh, Hope. So I thought I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think everything you guys said is totally true. Um, I agree with all of your, your criticisms, but 
still the movie worked for me. Now, two questions I had for the panel here. Uh, the two uh, extra scenes at the end, yep. which we've all seen, correct? We've all yep. seen those scenes? Okay. Yep. Yep. The second one, when they show the Winter Soldier, his arm and that magnet or whatever it is, and you know Falcon indicates that they're going to bring in Ant-Man, do you think they're going to, in a sense, recreate the classic Kree-Scroll war scene where Ant-Man has to go inside somebody? in a sense, to mend them, so to speak. What does everybody think about that? I never crossed my mind. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> the, I never thought about that The Winter Soldier's been brainwashed, his arm, the whole thing. I'm just wondering, because why else would they need an Ant-Man, right, unless he's going to shrink down and, yeah, go in fix a sense, go inside, go inside and, and fix him, so to speak. It just hmm. struck me. as what, what do people think? I think it's a possibility. Think find out that the, the Winter Soldier's really the human torch? <laughs> <laughs> Murd, I know I could count on you. But I, it just struck me because, I, I don't know, it, it, that's such an iconic scene in Marvel history, the comics, the Ant-Man going inside the Vision, that I was wondering if they're going to kind of do a riff on that. Um, so that was just one thought. The other thought I had was, and Murd, this is especially a question for you. When Lang shrinks down into the subatomic size, mm-hmm. is that the microverse? It could be the Marvel Cinematic version yeah. of the microverse, I suppose. Okay, I was just wondering. Um, so we, we didn't see like uh, Marionette and Arcturus ran and Berg <laughs> and all. <laughs> True. And I, I've you... read that if you squint, and I think Matt actually mentioned this on our review episode too. If you squint at the right scene during that sequence, uh, you can kind of see the outline of a human being as Scott Lang shrinks past on his way down. So, uh, whatever it is, wherever it is, the Wasp is. Well, the original Wasp is presumably still alive there someplace, and that could be fodder for an Ant-Man sequel or a plot point for like, a future Avengers movie or who, who knows. Have they announced the sequel or not yet? I don't think they have yet. I don't think so. Okay, because I, I know it was number one at the box office again this past weekend. Oh, okay. I think it just edged out the uh, Pixels film. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I enjoy it. I, I, I give it three and a half out of five as well. It's a strong three and a half freaking swears, though. I, I thought it was... Uh, a lot of fun. So, and if you don't mind, if you allow me to indulge, I ranked my twelve the twelve Marvel films thus far. Certainly. Um, I'll start with number twelve. Like everybody else, number twelve for me is the Incredible Hulk. Um, uh, Eleven is Iron Man three. Ten is Iron Man two. Nine, Thor: of The Dark World. Uh, eight, Ant Man. And by the way, I, I, I like all these movies. This is just you know this is just a process, a painful process. Uh, seven, Avengers 2. That's because the studio meddled with it. Uh, six, Captain America, the first Avenger. Five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Four, the original Thor film. Three, the original Iron Man film. Two, uh, the first Avengers movie. And one, of course, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So those are my uh, rankings. And unless they really, really blow me away, Winter Soldier is probably going to stay up there for quite some time. So loving the MCU, though. Can't yeah, wait to see Doctor absolutely. Strange. Very good. Nicely done. What's, thank you, Shane. What's next? Well, I wanted to say about um, something that I can't get this to move. Oh, here I am. <laughs> See, I'm looking at the Don't wrong screen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Ian, and gosh, I, I apologize. I don't have my Facebook open to see who else posted it. But a few days ago, two people posted on my wall about what they had seen, which then I read. Hasbro is working on bringing back Mask as a toy line for oh, this year. Shane. 
<laughs> as it, well as armored strike command now, not the yeah, not not the, the Jim Carrey the mask <laughs> dark horse thing. This is the whole Matt Tracker and Venom vicious evil network of mayhem stuff, um, as well as Micronauts. There was a slide oh. in this um, in this presentation, uh, this article I read, and it had a slide showing all this stuff coming out. And new brands were Mask, Micronauts, a couple other things, but they didn't. Who cares about them? Mask and Micronauts. So I was quite excited, and then to see that. Um, that voice actor is going to be at RetroCon. I kind of want to make my way over there and meet him, get his autograph. Now, with the mask toys. I'm going to go back in for that. I'm going to have to at least get a couple. <laughs> well, let me finish. Are you going to go back to your thieving ways and try and steal someone? No. Get back in your style. No, that's, that's too hard now. I can't do that. <laughs> that's almost I'm sorry, impossible. Was it, was, it, was it more of price switching than thievery, or what was it exactly? Uh, yeah. What's yeah. a statue of that yeah, stuff yeah. there? Yeah, I'm hoping a long time because that was 30-some <laughs> years ago. <laughs> That was 30 you years ago. You scoff law, you. Just a young lad. Just a young lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Now, Shane, did they show the uh, designs for the new mass toys? No. There was nothing like that. It was just okay. just the the like a PowerPoint presentation, just the banner of the mask symbol and the Micronauts logo at the bottom under new brands for Hasbro. Which, well, that's exciting because yeah. I've never actually owned a Micronauts toy, and I would, I would, I would buy one just because for nostalgia because I love the Micronauts. So yeah, I mean, I know toys are way more expensive now than yes. than oh, they yeah. were before. So yeah, I may not be able to do my whole Palisades Muppet thing where I have them all, but <laughs> I'm going to at least get a couple of them. Well, unless you do very well, RetroCon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Do, I'd have to do really, really well. <laughs> I, I did really, really well last I, year. I'd have to be able to almost retire to be able to do oh, that without in. question. <laughs> Shane, the description of the toys you're going to bring to RetroCon, yeah. if you have the right prices, I think you're going to do very well at the show. Yeah. I really do. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff that I've, I just I, – you know, when we moved we moved into the new house, I think when we ran the contest on World of Toys, I think I had something like 400 and some figures set up in my room, in the <laughs> comic room. I took them all down, packed them all away, every one of them, and I wish I would have taken pictures and I didn't. Um, if, if it was a figure with a cape – I would take a paper towel and wrap it around the cape and then wrap it around the figure because I didn't know how long they'd be in the storage unit or somewhere where heat might melt figures or plastic or paint or whatever it was. Like, I was very concerned about this. So every single figure got individually wrapped and individually placed and only a certain weight. I would put lighter things in with heavier (laughs) things so nothing was getting crushed. Um, So everything, once it got moved to the new house... There's no way I'm unpacking all that and setting it all up again. There's just no way. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all this crap sitting in my closet? Not that it's crap. I mean, it's good. But I'm never going to get it all out. So Pants did RetroCon last year, and I talked to Carlene. I'm like, if I'm going to do it, this is the place to do it. i got to get it, get it out. So I cleaned out a closet probably five or six feet wide, ten feet tall, and 90% of it is out to get rid of. And, and it was full. And I don't mean just the size of the closet. I mean it was stacked with stuff, boxes of things I've accumulated over the years. Brother, your wife must be pleased by this development. Uh, yes, she was. Development. Yes. <laughs> yes. As am I. I mean, no, no bones about it. As much as I love all this stuff, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I, I don't know what they'd do with it. If something happened to me, really happened to me, they'd have all this crap to go through. <laughs> They'd that be, would be they, torture. They'd call me. They'd call Chris. Yeah. They'd call Murder. They sure would. They'd call everybody else and yeah. say, hey, come help, over. Help, help pick through this and figure out what to do with it all. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. It's a lot of stuff. Too much. <laughs> but I enjoyed it while I had it. It's time for somebody else to enjoy it now. All right. Well, 
I know, Chris, you wanted to talk about uh, some current comics, and specifically, I believe... <laughs> Airboy. There you go. Now, let us preclude this conversation with that. We have not yet read Airboy number two. No, I have not. Um, I, I think only I have, Okay, actually. well, I have not, because it's in my next DCBF shipment, and we are aware there has been some controversy with it, and I actually think James Robbins actually addressed it, but... I haven't read the book, so I can't talk about that. We're only talking about issue one right now. So just, you know, four one is four on that whole yeah. thing. Danielle, you haven't read issue two yet either, correct? No, I haven't. Okay, okay. Uh, I highly recommend you all read it as soon as you get your hands on it. Um, uh, if, if this, for me, if this book continues this path, it will be miniseries of the year, without question. So, uh, and we've all, we've all read number one, correct? Yes. yes. Everybody's yeah. Okay, great. So I, I'm interested to hear what everybody thinks, especially Shane, since he's such a huge James Robinson fan. Um, uh, maybe just explain to people just kind of the premise of this book. Sure. Uh, this is from Image. Uh, Murray, why don't you just quickly remind people who Airboy is in terms of the Golden Age context? I would, Chris, but I know about as much about Airboy as James Robinson does. Uh, <laughs> this, hold on, this character actually really exists? Oh, absolutely. He had a revival from Eclipse Comics. So James yep. Robinson even mentions it in, the, in uh, this yep. story. I really didn't know if it was actually a real. Oh yeah, or yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure about that either. Or just satire or something. No, I nope. no the Airboy character, yeah. Okay. Airboy is a gold, as Murd mentioned, and I don't know that much about him either, Murd. Um, Golden Age uh, uh, property, uh, now public domain, hence Image uh, can can use him, and uh, he flew around on a plane, some wacky plane, and fought the Axis powers. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know much about them beyond that, and, and as Murd mentioned, and, and Robinson mentioned this too, and I see them once in a while in, in, when they come in in collections. One of the, Eclipse, the indie publisher in the 80s, did do an Airboy uh, revival. Um, but it's, since then, I don't think Airboy has been seen since that, that Eclipse series as far as I know. Um, so we've got James well, Robinson and saying- the artist Greg, Greg Hinkle, and if someone's going to buy this book, they have to realize this is not – about the adventures of Airboy <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Um, would you call this a metatextual book, Murd, in a sense? Uh, or uh, it, it is a form of metafiction, I'd have to yeah, say. Yeah, this is pretty meta. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a story about the difficulties encountered in trying to write a story. Yes, well put. If I and, may, uh, may, please, I, sir. may I read the original solicit for the book? Please, please do, please do. Okay, Airboy number one. Story by James Robinson, art as mentioned by Greg Henkel. Worlds and minds explode in a brand new series. When acclaimed comics author James Robinson is hired to write a reboot of the 1940s action hero Airboy, he's reluctant to do yet another Golden Age reboot. Just what the hell has happened to his career? His marriage? His life? Hey, it's nothing that a drink can't fix. It's, it's after one such night of debauchery with artist Greg Hinkle that the project really comes into its own, quite literally, because Airboy himself appears to set the two depraved comic book creators on the straight and narrow. But is the task too much for our hero? Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Now, we should emphasize that Robinson is brutally satirizing himself in this story. Now, again, with satire, I, I, I won't presume to know how much of this is true and how much of it is being exaggerated. 
Um, I mean, he, for example, as as Pants mentioned, uh, you know, the book is about him getting this assignment from Image, which he's not enthusiastic about taking on, and it's just taking you through this satirized, you know, uh, version of James Robinson's life at this time, and and the state he's in, uh, his marriage, his substance abuse, uh, his his disenchantment working with DC. And Shane, didn't you talk about how you didn't care for his work on Justice League, for example, when he was writing that book? Yeah, that that was yeah. not his finest hour, I don't and, think. And he, he basically refers to that without using the term Justice League uh, in the comic. And for me, this book, both I was howling with laughter because this is totally my sense of humor throughout. But at the same time, I was also horrified <laughs> as I was reading this because you know, you're, you're watching somebody totally self-destruct. Uh, in a very brief period of time, plus they're struggling with the, the, just the the agony of writer's block uh, as well. And there's such great bleak, dark humor in here. And I, I, I'm not familiar with Greg Hinkle's work. His art blew me away in this comic. I was deeply impressed uh, with, with with his rendering. I have to, I won't show it on screen because it's very explicit, but. The scene when they're copulating with the large woman. <laughs> yeah, that was a little well, disturbing. Not, not only was it disturbing, but hilarious. Again, Hinkle's a great artist. <laughs> the look of sheer terror on his face <laughs> as he smushed into the woman's breasts. I was nearly on the floor laughing. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's, I, thought this, I think this is one of the most just dynamic and innovative books so far of the year. Yeah. So what are other people's initial impressions uh, of Airboy, number one? I spoke about it very briefly and in very vague terms. Basically, that it's it's brutally honest. If this is you know true in any percentage, it's brutally honest. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, very metatextual. And you know, I had just had no idea that uh, James Robinson was this depraved. I guess is, is a, a, a kind of a term to use depicted in the comic book here. I mean, you know, people have all kinds of things that you know you don't seem at a convention. You don't see everything about them but holy cows yeah. who knew i mean I, I knew he was married to jan jones uh i i didn't know that it had fallen apart and yeah, just wow just i um, um, did a very amazing first issue i can't wait to issue wait can't wait to issue read, well issue and, two i can't wait for <laughs> i i like the the premise of them writing about themselves through a story i mean that that was kind of interesting and not expected at all because i had no idea what to expect from this book i didn't even see it in previews when you guys talked about it or i completely missed it so when you guys were all talking about it that's when i found a copy at a store somewhere and picked it up to read it just so i could read along with you guys at least in the first issue um I, I I will say, this is just me. I'm tired of opening <laughs> right. a book and seeing that first page. And yet again, somebody going to the bathroom. Third book in as many months. Enough. Enough. Yeah, there was that. There was the uh, multiversity. multiversity with the. Um... I can't remember which one it was. Oh, Hitler on the toilet in the multiversity yes. book. Yeah. And then I yeah. forget which yeah, uh, either the Chrononauts or one one of the other ones. Oh God. <laughs> enough. <laughs> Enough, enough, oh, enough. Oh, that's right, right, right. Another one with the... Uh, uh, yeah. Was... I, don't remember, I don't remember what the third uh, commode scene was. It was but, uh, one of the book of the months, uh, book of the... Uh, God, off the racks that we did. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, going on. Um, I enjoyed it well enough. Uh, the scene with the large naked woman was uh, quite disturbing, and, and thank God nobody was around when I was reading it upstairs. <laughs> the kids weren't going through or anything. Like, some uh, of this stuff, i got to really be careful. What's that? What's that, Adam? 
I wish that that scene were on the other side of a page turns so would could catch everybody completely. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but I got to be careful because, you know, Ben goes upstairs or Matt goes upstairs to, to just pick something up and read it sometimes. And, like, they had grabbed the Sex Criminals volume because I had it upside down. And Ben goes, oh, and, you know, of course, you probably saw the wording. Goes, What's that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not that. So Put that in a plain brown wrapper. Airboy is even <laughs> more innocuous in it doesn't look like anything but a comic book. So if he'd start perusing that, man, we'd probably have a little bit of a problem right right now. Later in life, fine, but not, it's, not right it's now. It's just a lesson to tell him what not to do with his life. Yeah, well, That's very true. <laughs> Read this, don't do this. And, and I agree with Pants that if, if any part of this is, is cemented in truth, even just a little bit, wow. Um, I think I, some of it is. It, I think he did have a drug addiction, and now he's sober. And kudos for him to have the, 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 the uh, intestinal fortitude to put that on the, on the, on yeah. the page. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I could do something like that and just express it in that way. But it's a very clever idea. It's very innovative. I, I like that part of it very much. Um, I want no more toilet scenes at all. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what do you think, your initial impression? Adam, Adam you with us? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, really. I just want to know what your initial impression was, brother. Come round to my turn here. Well, yes, indeed, it's the the metal level was very entertaining, and uh, you know the, uh, uh, the the offsided brutal honesty of uh, of Robinson's prose, and and uh, as Pants has already said, we don't know for certain how much of this stuff is is, is really true or not. It is it, Robinson could be uh, embellishing or hyperbolizing somewhat for uh, entertainment value's sake, but uh, I'm sure that at least you know some kernel, some some degree of this is is, is painful truth for him, and he's. I'm sure this must be as much a cathartic experience for him as it is an entertaining experience for us to get all of this on the printed page. Um, so, yes, the story about... <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Shane, I think... I, I feel your pain as far as the, uh, uh, the the toilet imagery goes, but I think in the case of this story, uh, there's a, kind of an apt metaphor here between uh, the difficulty one encounters trying to squeeze out a particularly stubborn movement on the toilet... <laughs> and trying to work through a case of writer's block. Um, I mean, Robinson, even on the third page, makes a joke of it. He says yep. to Eric Stevenson, I'm a bit blocked. And Stevenson says, ah, go see a movie, listen to some music. And then Robinson, reaching for the toilet paper, says, not what I meant, but duly note. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think we have to give him a potty pass this time, because it's, it, it serves the story. It was an artful toilet scene. I agree, sir. Uh, I agree. And the artwork by Greg Hinkle, like you, Chris, I've never encountered this artist's work before, but it's perfect for the kind of story being told. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, another image title, Bob Fingerman's uh, Minimum Wage. It's got kind of that uh, indie comics feel, and it, it's well suited to drawing, uh, I don't know, images of uh, well, demimondic debauchery, just uh, people uh, in large groups out at the bars uh, abusing substances together convivially. Uh, and the, the cover to <laughs> number two... It's just the idea that more of that is on the way. Um, and the color scheme. Wow, this yeah. it, it's really kind of bold. With the, it's, it's sort of a Wizard of Oz kind of, uh, kind of uh, the strategy here with the coloring. It's, it, it's just like single color, like monochromatic panels for the most part. Uh, you know, we've, we've, it, the whole thing is dominated. Uh, can you guys see what I'm going to do here? Yep, yep. Uh, this front plate, this shade of, I don't know if, I'm sorry, I don't have my uh, Pantone chart with me right now, but uh, I'd, I'd call this either like a turquoise or an aquamarine shade. 
Uh, it seems to dominate uh, most of the book, and uh, maybe it's just the fact that it's the same color as my dad's wormy old lazy boy recliner downstairs in the living room <laughs> at our Stone Harbor house. But that 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 that, that uh, color evokes seediness and uh, skeeviness to me very nicely. So it's it's perfectly suited for what's going on here. And then you're hit with that big, bold, beautiful final page when Airboy finally appears in four colors, where everything else has been just kind of monochromatic. And he stands out as kind of more real uh, than anything that uh, the, the Hinkle and Robinson have been doing with themselves for the rest of the, all the whole story. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very imaginative take here. Um, uh, it's, this first issue, I mean, it's hearing a, a writer lament about uh, the shambolic state of his life and professional career, it, it, it's, it's good for one issue. It probably would have gotten depressing if it had gone on for much longer, but the turn came on the last page just in time. You know, reassurance that there's going to be you know, fun and frolic of a surreal nature that will help to fill out the rest of the issues of this series. And uh, it's going to come, have me just galloping back for the second issue as soon as it, you know, like Pants's copy uh, of number two, arrives via DCBS in uh, you know, the, the, the next several days or, and or a week. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very impressive and uh, engrossing first issue and uh, also quite uh, uh, winningly honest and very funny. And, Murr, to piggyback what you're saying about the convivial substance abuse, the two-page spread where Henkel takes you through their night of, of debauchery, what I found hilarious about it was they imbibe huge amounts of alcohol – Heroin, cocaine, <laughs> ecstasy, horse tranquilizer, which I'm assuming is GBH. How the hell they didn't die by the end of that two pages? I mean, it, it, it's again, it, it, we, we don't know how much is embellished, but it, it, the, the layout on that on, the, on this on that two page spread uh, where they're going like the bathroom stalls and you know the bar and so forth. It, it's so well done, and just the way everything's skewed as they become more and more uh, dissolute throughout the evening. Uh, and then, of course, it culminates in that horrifying fornication scene two pages later. Uh, this, this is to me, this is tremendous artwork. Uh, Daniel, what do you think of Hinkle's art? Oh, it's beautiful. I really enjoyed it, and the coloring is really outstanding. I enjoy the fact that you know, as Murd was pointing out, I would say it's a uh, greenish gray, but uh, <laughs> it, it, the coloring is outstanding. I, whoever colored it uh kudos i think i'm guessing hinkle colored it actually it says it says it says art lettering greg hinkle so i would assume so yeah but i so i take it everybody enjoyed this book then yeah and it's it's it's, it's really beautiful it was good i i did enjoy it it's a clever concept uh and uh i if this is anywhere near what his lifestyle was i'm glad he cleaned up because he (laughs) would have been dead by 40 I think you guys, the three of you, probably enjoyed it a little bit more than me. Um, that's not to say that I hated it by any stretch, but yeah, I, th- I just think you guys enjoyed it a little bit more than me. Now, Shane, what 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 diminished it a little bit for you? Uh, sometimes it's not what I want to read in comics. I want a little bit more fun and less trippy. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I like Grant Morrison when he's trippy. I like James Robinson when he can be trippy. I, you know, it's 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 not terrible by any means. Um, I think this would be a kind of book that I have to be in the mood to read. Uh, I'd probably get it, and I'd probably sit it on the side until I just get a an itch to, okay, I'm in the mood for this, much like I do with Walking Dead. I'm still two seasons behind on that now. I think it's two. I'm just not in the mood to watch it yet. 
some point it'll hit and I'll start going through them. Uh, this book has the potential to do that too. It may be I'll get a, a trade paperback or something of it and just read it all at one time versus month to month. I, I don't know. Just a, it's, it's a, it is brutally honest, and sometimes it's not in the mood for that. I just want fun. Understood, my friend. Understood. Now, do we th- now? I'm asking here because I'm a little ignorant. Since Starman, has Robinson's career been kind of up and down, or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because so, what has he did since, since Starman? He did. He did JLA. He did JLA. Justice League. What, what did the Shade when the new Fifty Two came out? That's right. Okay. Did the Shade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the the new Invaders book. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. I did that's Fantastic right. Four. For and a I while. oh, that's right. Okay, fell yeah, off that, both that. of those as of time course, went you know, on. We did Earth Two? Okay, and Earth. I didn't read Earth Two. You guys liked that book, didn't you? I liked Earth Two a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. I mean, I did not. And why? Why is that, Adam? Well, I didn't get past the first couple of issues, but. <sighs> It just it just felt to me like it it was just a generic other parallel Earth, and okay. it, it didn't have the same distinguishing period feel that uh, previous iterations of Earth Two had had. No, it certainly and, didn't uh, have that. Also, the fact that it was being well, decimated by the forces of apocalypse made it just kind of grisly, you know, battlefield gore, and uh, it just it, it 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 wasn't what I wanted out of an Earth Two comic. Now I liked World's Finest much more than Earth Two. That mm, yes, that was the bee's knees compared to Earth Two. He also wrote he wrote Leave It to Chance, which was an oh, amazing so book. Well done, my dear. Well done. That they never finished that though, correct? Did that finish? I don't remember. It's been so okay. long. Yeah. I know that there were two trades. I yes, think there's like correct. a big giant hardcover yep, that yep. we have. But I think it was I think it had been solicited to go on again like a third series and then nothing ever came of it. And the artist in that was the wonderful Paul Smith. Yep. Uh, that, thank you for reminding me. That's, that's a great book. No, it was... It, Leave it to chance. If, if you're a Robinson fan and you haven't... Fantastic book and... Yeah. If you're a Robinson fan and you haven't read Leave it to chance, you should definitely seek it out because it's, it's really well done. And it's a great all-ages book. Yes. I don't think I have that one. Oh, Shane, you'd love Leave it to chance. Hmm. Oh, let me see. I'm not sure if, if the trades are even still in print. I will check. Okay. Um, and if so, I will get them both for the store because it's criminal that we don't have them in the store. And uh, for you, sir. Thank you. So I, I'm excited by this also because as a, as a huge fan of Robinson, just for Starman alone, I'm really glad he's, he's doing something here that maybe is sort of you know, rejuvenating him, so to speak. Um, and Pants, I have to ask a question. I'm ignorant. Who is Jan Jones? Uh, Jan Jones was uh, an editor at DC Comics. Um, okay. She actually, I believe, edited the Tiny Titans uh, okay. line. That's right. I do um, think that's right. She was a mainstay at DC Cons for a lot of the uh, the 2000s, going on like a lot of the, the panels and so forth. Just uh, a very energetic, um, you know, spokesperson for comics and whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I know that she had. Um, I knew she was seeing Jane. I didn't actually got married, and then of course since divorced. Uh, I'm not sure what she's doing in comics right now, but yeah, so she's been around uh, for quite some time in comics, as far as I can recall. Hmm. Well, I, the other thing I find interesting about this book is that how Greg Hinkle allowed himself to be portrayed <laughs> in this comic. Yeah. Um, well, which, of course, which, he, mean, gave, he was made himself very well endowed. How would you not? <laughs> <laughs> he, he had the chance to be kind to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Handsome, yeah. Think, yeah. Might say. yeah. My guess yeah. is that was done. Dicks here, people. <laughs> I, 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 be warned. 
I can see a conversation of if I'm drawing it, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> no, I, I just salute his his his, his self satirization and a sense of humor. But just, I mean, the the boa phallus aside, um, <laughs> you know, he, he betrays his wife in this story. Yeah. He is extremely reckless with drug use. I mean, and I, and for for an early time, it's not like he's a a druggie yet by any stretch. It's it's no. just boom. There you go. It's James poking him, going, "Here, try this." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's oh, I, 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 I love story, I love satire, and like you guys said, the fact that Robinson is being so, and again, we don't know how much is embellished or not, but regardless, how scathing he is in this, and I, I just love that kind that kind of kind of approach, uh, and especially when it's done with a writer of this caliber and an artist of this caliber. So, I, I and I, I won't talk about issue two because you guys haven't read it yet, but. It's just as good as issue one. So, highest praise. Okay. So that's Airboy. Yeah. That's Airboy. Um, I wanted to say something. The kids in their day camp went to go see Minions. First of all, Little Bugger saw it without me because I wanted to go see that. So now i got to <laughs> figure out when to go see Minions. But something that they saw during the previews was Supergirl trailer. Yeah, I went to go see. Actually, went to go see Ted Two, uh, and yeah, before the movie started, they had the um, I don't know what they call it—the whole thing with the lady Menudos, whatever the chick's okay. name. And they showed the yeah, Supergirl. I actually came in the middle of that Supergirl stuff. Oh, they had it before Ant Man as well. That's right. Yeah, okay. they did. Yeah, they were very excited about it. They came home and asked me questions. Asked when it's coming on TV. They're high, um, high coming off of the Flash TV series. Ben's now almost completely caught up with Arrow. He's gone through the first two seasons of that. And um, as they're doing summer reruns, they're doing them in order. So he's, we're recording them because he was not interested in Arrow. So I would watch him and delete him. He wanted Flash and that was it. Um, so he's all into whatever DC property can come on TV. Um, he thought it looked really well done. He was excited for what it looked like it was going to be. So it was kind of neat to hear. No influence from me at all. Something they totally saw independently. And, and Matt was probably not quite as excited as Ben. But he was he was all into, okay, when's it on? We'll watch it. So that was kind of neat. Now, nice do we surprise. know, is Supergirl in the same universe as these other DC shows or no? I don't know yet. I okay. don't know if it's been officially said, but I do know that I think... Her, it's done by the same showrunner, is it? Or the producer? Someone who's involved in Black and Green Arrow is definitely involved in Supergirl. And I think they said they wanted it all to be together. And I know that I think there's the Teen Titan show that's coming out at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's on coming on. Yes, that they really? want. Yeah. Or TNT, one of those. Is it just called the another. Titans or just Titans? I don't know. It's a Titan something or another. Yeah. I think Dick Grayson's in it, so I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, too. Isn't there supposed to be a Krypton show, too, about Jor-El and Lara on uh, the Krypton? And the what? That was talked about when Gotham came out, but I haven't heard anything else since then about that. I'm not I too sure. see sh- that Supergirl show being part of the same world. Yeah, it. yeah. It'd be harder to reconcile some of these others, especially since they'd have to cross not only dimensional barriers, but uh, uh, networks. Well, they yeah. did it with Buffy and Angel, though, a little bit. True, true. Now, the Supergirl trailer, they do show you Superman. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. I mean, it, it, vaguely, right, exactly. It either kind of hazed over and then you see him flying in the distance. So, yeah. Uh, that was interesting. 
I kind of hope they're not in the same universe, though, then, because I don't, I don't think I want Arrow and Flash in the same universe as Superman. It doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense. They'd be talking about the super-powered guy who, you know, comes from the sky in those shows. Unless they decide to have him come to Earth now, uh, although that wouldn't make sense because he's fully grown in the Supergirl trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know how it all, would all come together. I'm fine I, with them being all separate. Yeah, I'm behind. I have, I have to catch up on Flash, Arrow, and Gotham. So. Oh, wow. We didn't catch up on Gotham. We watched Ash, I mean, Flash and Arrow because those need to be consumed the day after they come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Gotham I did get through, but I would let it lapse a, a good week sometimes, maybe two. No, we no. never finished Gotham. We got to the part with, I'm just going to say, the eyeball. Yeah, that, the best way to put that it, turned me off a little never bit. never finished. That was a little weird. Now, Shane, without spoiling, were you satisfied with the finale of Gotham or no? No, not entirely. Um, <laughs> okay. Out of all the shows that are on with, with Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and even Constantine, I really enjoyed that, although I have five, five episodes of that to finish. Um, I think Gotham was the weakest out of all the stuff I watch. Oh, okay. it, I it was too. It was well done. Production value is out of this world. I thought the, the way the sets look and, and scenes that they depict, uh, locations, are great. Some of the acting's a little bit weak, but I love the dude that plays Harvey Bullock. I can't remember his oh, name at the moment. Donald Lowe. He's, he's um, a great, great character actor. He was great, and, and they did great. I like the little Easter eggs they threw in, but eh, I don't know. I, I, I will watch it, and I will continue to watch it, um, but if I have to watch all that stuff in a week, that's going to suffer and be pushed off for a week if it needs to be, and I'll catch from up what, on it the next week. Oh, sorry. From what I saw of it, I thought it had potential – but I think they were too busy shoehorning in every yeah. Gotham City villain they could think of, and that made the show suffer. Yeah, I think so, too. I would rather have focused on mostly the mob stuff. I thought that was the most interesting part. I didn't really care about, you know, the the different costume, or not even costume villains, but the different, different like, villains. I wanted more of the seedy underbelly of Gotham. I wanted more mob wars and seeing the rise of... Uh, Commissioner or, or Gordon, like yeah. that's what I wanted to see. And and, and they it, they did some of that very well, and then they didn't. And and some of the mob stuff, I loved a lot of it, but I think after a while, especially like you said, Danny, once you got to the eye thing, the fish story kind of yeah. suffered. After yeah, that. we just we kind of stopped. We're like, ah, it's sitting on Hulu, and we just haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I'm sorry, Shane. Go ahead. I think it's worth seeing, but I think these other things are better. Now, was Constantine canceled, or is that still going? That is canceled. canceled. That's DOA. That is kiboshed. Yeah. Which or is, kiboshed. Kiboshed, kiboshed. <laughs> which is crazy, because it, it's nominated for something, an Emmy something recently. I think some kind of special effects, maybe, but I could be lying. But, yeah. I was. I really, I did enjoy that. I thought that was, for being on mainstream network TV, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, was, we, um, we, we started watching it. Bill didn't like it at first. He thought the guy who played Constantine was weird or something. I don't know. But it got really good. Like, we were, we really were interested in it. And uh, we're kind of both... We never actually watched the last episode because it got canceled. And I was like, oh, I guess we don't need to watch this anytime soon. Yeah. That's the spirit. No, I'll yeah. still watch it. <laughs> I'm the reason why you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> now, do they do 12 episodes or 10? How many are there of Constantine? 13, I believe, is what it was. 13? Okay. Yeah, I think it's all 12. Which is kind of an appropriate <laughs> number, given the subject matter of the creepiness. 13 is. 
But wasn't that show consigned to the Friday night crip slot? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Okay, there you yeah. go. I mean, no shows make it on Friday nights. Come on. I think uh, back in the day, X-Files, X-Files is the exception. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any other show survives on a Friday day like that. Yeah. Friday night time slot like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll catch it. I think we just lost Danny. Did we lose somebody? I think we lost Danny. Well, try and get her back. I will try to get her back. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, she's back. Everybody there then? I blame our phone or okay. internet. Or I blame Bill's mask. <laughs> That's what I blame. If all else fails, just blame Billy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's my theory on life. I can go along with that. It's all Billy's fault. Oh, there's a pause. Hey, oh, there's a pause. Uh, I was trying to find a pause and jump in there. <laughs> That unmistakable music lets us know it's time once again for Muddle the Murd. Oh, he's, he's flexing. He's yeah, getting ready. He's All psyching right. himself up. Our, 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 our trivia contest. Yeah. Um, the prize up for grabs whoop, is, whoop. is still the uh, Wills Portacio head sketch of the Hulk. Still up for prize. Right. Yep, that has been on the block for months now, I think. Yes. And this Muddle the Murd was sent to us by Dave Alan, and this first question makes me weep because I'm 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 just gonna ask it. Okay, first question: DC Comics pre 1970. In which issue of Batman comics did the villain Mad Hatter make his first appearance? Mm. Oh, because I know Murder's a big Mad Hatter fan. I thought he would knew it right. He would know it right away. Well, is this one that you would have known right off? Well, no, I just thought because you're a Mad Hatter fan, you would you would know his first appearance. Yeah, it's well, it's on. I'm terrible with issue numbers. It's but you're Mister uh, Who's Who, Mister Mohatmu. You're all about those numbers. <laughs> I've never memorized the numbers, heights, weights. Numbers are meaningless. Uh, so, Fifty-two. Math major. All <laughs> uh, right. I, I know it, it is in my my pie in the sky uh, the shopping list for back issues, and I, I do want to try and collect as many Mad Hatter appearances as I can. So I know it's written down in a piece of paper in the next room, but uh, it's not written down in my brain, unfortunately. I'm going to say number 49. Oh, my God! It's issue 49! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, brain. Oh, my God! October of 1948. Oh! Wow. Oh my God! He does that more often <laughs> than I could ever, ever pull out. Wow. <laughs> you guys, you were watching me. I was my my, my fingers. Oh, oh yeah, we we've got it recorded for posterity. There. Oh my God! That was all on Merd. Wow. All right. Well, then this next question should be is a, is a, is a fun one. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, you you go with it. Marvel 1970 to 2000, Silver Surfer Volume Three issues one to ten. We are introduced to 15 elders of the universe who are plotting to kill Galactus in the hope that his death would cause the end of our universe and the beginning of a new universe in which they would be supreme beings. Name the 15 elders of the universe. Come Get on, ready. guys. <sighs> Mr. Dave Allen, I'm, I'm sorry, but asking me to name 15 of anything <laughs> just kind of a bridge too far here. Um, this is this is where Jamie would bring his hammer down as efficient. <laughs> but I mean, um, you've already not been muddled, so it's it's free range. 
True enough, but I, I think I should probably only be expected to name five. Of well, them. then give me five. Give me five! Give me five. Okay. Um, <laughs> he smacked the screen. Jeez. <laughs> Elders of the Universe. Uh, the Collector? Uh, yes. What is his real name? Uh, Tanelier Tyvan. Of course. Tyvan, as they pronounce <laughs> it in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so we're okay. 15 Elders of the Universe. I don't uh-huh. think I can name 15 of them. Um, but let's see. Um, the Runner? Um... Yes, real name? I don't know his real name. Gil Pet Purden? <laughs> sure. All right. It's what it says here. Must have been revealed sometime after the edition of Ohatmu I've been reading. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the Gardener? Yes, real name? Ord Zionize. Of course. Oh my God. Uh, the Champion of the Universe? Uh, yes, real name? Trico Slatterus. Of course. One more. Um, oh, geez. Um... Oh, it's it, it's coming! It's coming. Uh, the contemplator. Yes, real name. Teth Key. My God, yeah. <laughs> very good. Uh, right. The others listed here are Wait, pants. Pants. May I jump in for a second? Ah, sure. Go right ahead. Now, I just is is the ah, oh, my dear. Is uh, <laughs> is the stranger one of them? I uh, no. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, I, I go just ahead. Didn't think he was. Uh, the only other one I can think of offhand is the caregiver. Yes, real name. Uh, Rubana Nobis Cuomo, something like that. Good God, that's pretty <laughs> close. Rubana Legar- Leganris Cuomo. Yep, so she was a Mark Gruenwald creation. Wow. Okay, the others listed here are the traitor. Oh, uh, the possessor. I just thought of the possessor. The possessor. All right, Camelcon <laughs> possessor. Cortzo uh, Tennis, the traitor. Uh, the obliterator. Mott Packle. Ooh. Uh, the astronomer Zegan Galio, uh, the explorer Zamarathian Rambuzanath. Oh boy! Uh, the architect, the adjudicator, and Ego, the living planet. Wow! Ah. Oh, Ego is an elder. I didn't know he counted. How about <laughs> that? Okay, this is one of these questions. The next one by was by a post two thousand, where just when, as an aside. Well, I'll read the question first of all. Kenzer and Company publishes Knights of the Dinner Table, a comic that focuses on a group of role-playing gamers and their actions at the gaming table. Can you name the current roster of the Knights? Now, of course, watching Myrtles, watching Phillies baseball years ago with Harry Callis and Richie mm-hmm. Ashburn, Harry would say, can you name them? And Richie would go, no, I cannot. And it's, <laughs> it's like, there you go, the question's done. <laughs> But anyway... You answered that question correctly. Exactly! <laughs> well, and my answer is the same. No, I cannot. Okay. In, in, in actuality, I can't name a single one of those characters. Okay. The names I have listed here are Boris Alfonso, B.A. Felton, David Dave Harcourt Boswell, Ooh. Robert Samuel Bob Herzog, Sarah Felton, and Brian Montgomery Van Hoos. But anyway, thanks for that amazing yoink there at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, you were not muddled, so David, thank you for playing. Try again sometime. Oh, wow. I, really, I hit an outside fastball there. <laughs> That's, well, n- issue numbers are usually well outside my wheelhouse, but I managed to catch a piece of that one and s- send it flying. So. <laughs> you sure did. Thanks so, Ad- Adam, yes. Adam, you, you, you haven't muddled in months now then, correct? Uh, well, we haven't doing we haven't been doing that many muddle the okay. merds lately, but yeah, yeah I have uh, escaped by the skid of my teeth. 
uh, multiple times over the course of the last couple of months, yes. Majestic. <laughs> I want to point out our very own Danny O'Brien. You're using a hydroglass right now, my dear. Yes. All righty. <laughs> and only the Dalek ice cubes are allowed in the hydroglass. Nice. And only the TARDIS ice cubes are allowed in the shield glass because these are conversations that we have in my household. Do you see the... Uh... Do you see the um, pop figure Dalek that's out there somewhere? You can find it at Barnes & Noble and other places? No, but I need it. I keep looking for one for me and one for you. Ooh, thank you. Keep your I eye out. There's we have a, like a small Dalek collection of like a shelf just filled with Dalek stuff. There's also uh, Cybermen and various doctors and a TARDIS. Yeah, whatever. But, I, need, yeah. I just need all the Daleks. Yeah, whatever, but... yeah, whatever. My dear, I'm going to the PhD warehouse on Wednesday. I'll look for it for you. Oh, yeah. I should probably tell Bill to do that. If you see a second one, pick that one up, too. <laughs> yeah. Jawohl, mein Freund. Okay. Uh, anybody read Archie 1? Nope. Yes. Nope. Didn't get Not it. yet. I, got, I read a, a, review, a review copy of that. Someone didn't uh, bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my act- is just being excoriated throughout this entire episode. <laughs> He's not listening, or if he is, he has no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, without spoiling pants, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark Wade, uh, oh, Fiona yeah. Staples. Yeah, I guess it sort of modernized. It still had a, yeah. a, a nice feel from the past. You actually had, I think, his very first appearance reprinted in the in the it issue. It does. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, the lipstick incident, which is a bit of loot, we don't know what it is yet. Just some fun stuff. Uh, you, all the characters are there. There, uh, or well, now they're all there. We haven't seen Veronica yet, um, but yeah. Now I know they're all on for the first three issues of Staples and Wade, but uh, I'm on for the first three, and who knows? It might might stay a little longer. It's uh, it was a very very good read. Did it surprise you being kind of a reboot and into the modernization of the things? Uh, sometimes you. Uh, I hold on to things like, I mean, the original Archie ran 666 issues, and starting with, with new number one, I kind of like, oh, God, now even Archie has a new number one. Everything, yeah. I guess, has new number ones, but, you know, I gave it a shot with Wade Staples, and it's, and they updated, I mean, Archie changed throughout the years with the times from, like, the 60s, sure. 70s, 50s, 80s, 90s. They, they modernize yeah. it all the time, so that's nothing, nothing new. Uh, the, the the style of how they appear to the comic, I guess, is as as um, a little bit um, drastic. So so you say than what it's been in the bar, but it, it's good. It's very good. I, I I really enjoy it. I know I'm being quite vague here, but yeah, I I, right. I really did enjoy that. Good. I share Pants' sentiment, uh, and I, I've read very little Archie in my life. I just know the basic concepts, but uh, it was delightful. And Fiona Staples just continues just to hit hit out of the park as an artist. Oh man, I mean. It's 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 not only is it really fun, it's also a beautiful comic book. Like it, it's such such a pleasure to look at. So I look forward to everybody's reactions when they, when they read it, especially yours, Danielle. So yeah, I really want to read it. I didn't realize it came out, and I probably didn't mention it to Bill that I wanted it. So <laughs> it's not completely his fault, but I'm still going to blame him. <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. Anything else, anything else on the docket anyone wants to discuss? Uh, real quick, uh, a little bit of a CGS mailbag. Uh, we got in the shipment from tomorrow's. Ah. <laughs> we got in the hardcover of Monster Mash. Oh, Monster wow. Mash. Yes, a trip back 
to the frightening era of 1957 to 72 when monsters stomped into the American mainstream. Once Frankenstein and Friends infiltrated TV in 1957, an avalanche of monster magazines, toys, games, trading cards, and comic books crashed upon an unsuspecting public. This profusely illustrated full-color hardcover covers that creepy, kooky monster craze through features on famous monsters of film and magazine, uh, the Monster Mash song, the Aurora model kits, TV shows, Mars Attack trading cards, and so on and so on. It features interviews with James Warren from Creepy, Eerie, and uh, Vampirella, Forrest J. Ackerman from Monster Ma Famous Monsters of Filmland, John Aston from The <laughs> Adams Family, Al Lewis, the late Al Lewis from The Monsters, Jonathan Frid, also late of Dark Shadows, George Barris, you know, Monster Car Customer, also did uh, the uh, Batmobile. Big, uh, Big Daddy Roth, uh, Ratfink, uh, many, many more with a Ford by TV horror host Zachary the Cool Ghoul, written by Mark Voger. Uh, it's now shipping. Uh, hardcover is thirty nine ninety five. You actually will get it digitally as well uh, from thir for thirteen ninety five. Also available through Diamond. One other thing I have here, though, also from hard another hardcover from Tomorrow's is the incredible Herb Trimpy. Uh. Wonderful. Yes. From running the first photostat machine at Marvel Comics to being the first to illustrate Wolverine, no other member of the Marvel bullpen had such a varied and remarkable career as Herb Trimpy. He drew licensed characters based on toys such as G.I. Joe, Godzilla, and Transformers, which went on to become blockbuster movies. He drew runs of superheroes like Iron Man, Defenders, Captain Britain, and even Marvel's flagship character, Spider-Man. But he's best known for his definitive eight-year stint drawing The Incredible Hulk. This book, produced with Herb's full cooperation just prior to his recent passing, chronicles the life and art of Trimpy through his own voice, as well as the voices of friends and colleagues like Stan Lee, Tom DeFalco, Roy Thomas, John Romita, Bill Peckerman, Sal Buscema, Joe Sinnott, Larry Hammer, Doug Munch, Elliot Brown, Len Wein, Ron Friends, Steve Englehart, and his son, Alex Trimpey. Their testimony to his talents and his legacy of artwork leave no wonder why he has been dubbed the incredible Herb Trimpey by Dewey Cassell and Aaron Sultan. Uh, shipping now, uh, hardcover 30, $34.95, Tomorrow's Publishing. So thank uh, you I, for sending that to us here. <coughs> I, I can't emphasize enough, and I, I always say this, but it should be said, you know, ad infinitum, how great a company Tomorrow's is, how vital they are to recording the history of comics, and all the, and, and how much they remind us of all the great creators who contributed to the medium were often forgotten. Um, and as Pants mentioned, Herb Trimpey only just passed away a few months ago. He, he passed away the day after that uh, show uh, he was at in Secaucus that I, I was a vendor at. Yes. Um, and uh, he's he's he's. Such an important artist. He also did a, 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 some some good Ant Man work as well. Uh, I think it's those Marvel features you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. Pants. And uh, he did he did a wonderful sketch for my store. I, I met him. He was such a nice person, so personable, uh, you know, so courteous. He did a wonderful GI Joe Snake Eyes sketch chain for the store nice. that we have hanging that he mailed to me. Um, so I was so sorry to hear that he passed because uh, he's, he's he's one of the original like Marvel Age bullpenners. Um, so. I'm looking forward. I ordered a copy of that for myself. I can't wait to read it. So, 
Now, we also got uh, two books. This one, um, Black Widow Forever Red. She's been called dangerous, deadly even, but Natasha Romanoff has also been one of the most mysterious and misunderstood of the Avengers until now. This October, the intrigue behind who Black Widow is deepens, while unknown truths are revealed in this thrilling New York novel, Black Widow Forever Red. It uh, should be on sale October 13th, written by Margaret Stoll, S-T-O-H-L. And uh, Psych of the Living Dead, The Walking <laughs> Dead Psychology. Oh. The characters of The Walking Dead live in a desolate, post-apocalyptic world filled with relentless violence and death. In reality, how would such never-ending trauma affect the psyche? By understanding... Or psyche. Psyche. With glasses. By understanding Sorry. the psychological forces that drive the show's action, fans can better grasp this compelling fictional universe. Very cool. Um, let's see. It does... Looking for a date. I do not see a date when it comes out, so look for it. It is edited by Travis Langley, Sterling, New York. Yeah, Sterling Books. So okay. look for that coming out if you're a Walking Dead fan. Very That'd be cool. kind of cool to read. Um, yeah. Throughout the episode, I actually was uh, watching uh, an eBay auction. Uh, I don't partake of the CGC books, mm-hmm. but I, there was an auction for a 9.8 copy of Avengers 239, which is when they go on David Letterman, late note David Letterman. <laughs> and I'm watching it and say, like, well, let me see. And, but it, it, I didn't bid it, but it ended up at $103. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, I have several copies that I got for a dog. People give them to me at shows every now and then. Right, but right. It's like, well, it's kind of cool to have a 9.8 copy, but yeah. not for $103. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Quick quick tangent question. Well, kind of not really a tangent because Shay mentioned the Black Widow before. Do you guys think they're ever going to put the Black Widow into the Netflix series? I hope so. With, with Daredevil. What do you guys think? I think it would be fun. Yeah. I think, I think a, a lot one. of people would absolutely lose their minds at the coolness <laughs> of that. Yeah. They've gone out of their way to say that this is happening in the same universe as yes, the Avengers have. movies. They've talked yeah. about the destruction of New York, so yeah, I think there's, I think there's a strong possibility we might be seeing a ScarJo cameo somewhere down the line. Well, Nelson and Murdoch could uh, defend her, for example, in some situation like that. Just uh, that would just be so cool to see them like dancing across the rooftops. Uh, I, oh. I think if they can bring some of the movie characters onto the TV show Shield, Agents of Shield. I think you, it's yeah. entirely possible to have something like that show up on one of the Netflix series. Makes most sense to be Daredevil, but yeah. By the, I, I think by the way, I'm sorry, Shane. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Go. Ahead. Go. I, I forgive me. I forgot which listener posted it, but someone posted on our Daredevil in the 2000 Spotlight thread. I didn't know about this. These still photographs of a an aborted 1970s Daredevil TV show, where oh. Angela Bowie, David Bowie's former wife, was dressed up as the Black Widow. Yeah. And I forgot the name of the actor. He was in the Dirty Dozen. He's in a Daredevil costume. You've got to see these photographs. I missed that. I have to go back. Danielle, and look. you especially have to see these photographs because um, it's it's fascinating. Uh, I think that the woman Angela Boy looks actually looks pretty hot as the Black Widow, but it's the '70s. So as in all those comic adaptations, they try to make it look just like the comic book costumes. Oh my god! So <laughs> it, do, it doesn't fully work when they translate. The Daredevil costume is hilarious. You have to see it. Yeah. Actually, that was Brawlinator who posted that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Does it uh, does it beat out uh, John Ogden Stiers as Martian Manhunter from that JLA pilot or JL JLI wow. pilot? Oof. That's uh, that's, that's some fun one, watching. Sir. 
<laughs> well done. Well done indeed. Anything else, Pansy? I don't know. Any 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 new business? Um, I wanted to say something because I'm going to try and go out and get it tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. That JLA Gods and Monsters comes oh, out. Yes, yes. And that's the first return of Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim to a DC cinematic cartoon directed DVD Blu-ray um, whatever. Uh-huh. So uh, that should be exciting. I I'm I'm not 100 percent interested in the story, but I am interested into seeing more interpretations of things from Bruce Tim. I think they've gotten a little bit uh, away from good animation with some of the more recent films. Um, I think they tried a few things that just didn't necessarily work or whatever artists were involved. I mean, they're, some of them are pretty good, and, I, and I've watched just about all of them except the Superman and the Elite one. I haven't watched that one yet. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if Bruce Tim continues on and does a, a few more of these, any, any kind of animated movie to bring him back into some of that universe again. Shane, if you're a Bruce Tim fan, and Daniel will back me up here, he did an art book a oh, couple yeah. of years ago. Daniel, what's the name of it? I forgot the name of it, damn it. Oh, crap. We used to have it in the studio, too. I think it's but, just the art of Bruce Tim. Yeah, but Shane, you've got to get this book. It's him doing... It's like, oh, But don't let you, your kids see it. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it is, is, it, is, it, is it naughty and nice? Yes, yes, that's it. Thank you. I the s- good girl art of Bruce Tim. Oh, it's it's tremendous. I have seen it's that tremendous. solicited. I've I've I put it on my list once, and I think it got canceled. And then it got resolicited, and I never put it back because those months I didn't have quite enough money for it. But I do keep my eye out for that to be somewhere that I can grab. Shane will hook you up because okay. if you love Bruce Tim, it's it's art. You know, obviously stuff he did throughout his career. Sure, um, but it's like good girl art. One of my favorite sections is like the vampire monster horror art, which is riveting. Like he does Dark Shadows and Dracula, nice. but all these women in these compromised positions with vampires. It's beautiful. It's titillating. It's erotic. It's fan. It's it's great. It's classic Bruce Tim. That's you'll great. love it. Excellent. So, so that should be tomorrow. Okay. Um, Any other business? Anyone? Have- no, I'm good. Anybody in the forum? The quorum. My bolt. Are we a quorum? Five of us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing from the coast. All right. Well, if that's it, Danny, once again, want to thank you for officially joining the cast. Yes. Thanks, guys. Oh, see, now I'm flipped. There we go. Yay. <laughs> the sc- <laughs> did you see my shirt? I did. I have a really cool uh, Doctor Who <laughs> shirt on. See, I should ever say it. Look, it's my favorite tenant. It's nice. got rose. It's the best. Nice. I don't know why I felt the need to show that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Then once again, this episode brought to you by SuperHeroStuff.com. You can go to for all of your superhero stuff. <laughs> Danny, don't just shake your head, man. <laughs> got to do it. Visit us at ComicGeekSpeak.com. <laughs> us at comicgeekspeak.com to send an email the address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com to leave a voicemail the number is 267-702-6642 stop by the comic forums and let us know what you think of this good old fashioned comic talky episode we had a little bit of everything this time um, follow us on twitter like us on facebook thank you for sending in muddle the murds and murd what an awesome job pulling that one out of your ass again <laughs> and as always we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time Thanks
laser beam, the pain's like the 